0: Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Tison here with Astrid Kaufman and Louis D'Souza. Today is Monday, December the 9th, 2019. It's 4 p.m. New York time, but wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy, and I'm happy that we're doing this instead of what I've been doing for the last hour. I was doing emergency tech work for one of my clients and up against the deadline of getting it done in time for this show, and I did it! with a minute to spare <laughs> it was crazy but we're here and i'm now in my uh, de-stressing mode and just relax everything went well feel good you know how that one goes louie right i mean you you did some tech work you know what it's like to be up against a deadline the computer the uh, customer screaming but my my website isn't working
1: <laughs> uh, yeah yes. lots of
0: fun but nope it's all good got it all fixed everything's working Got it done in record time, and here we are doing our show today. So I I can't honestly say I have a topic in mind, although Astrid tells me you have some exciting stuff coming up in your future. You're going to an Abraham workshop. That's fabulous.
2: Yeah. Yvonne uh, messaged me and said, hey, there's um, an Abraham Hicks in Amsterdam, and it's not on the main website. If you go to their workshops and you page through it, it's not there. All the American ones are there and the cruisers are there, but not the Amsterdam ones. So Ah. I got the link for that. And um, bang, you know, I just said, hey, let's go do it. Great. (laughs) That's fabulous. Two days.
0: Hmm. Two days, not just one. Yeah. Twice as good.
2: Yeah. It's going to be three hours one day, three hours the other.
0: When was the last time you attended a, uh, an Abraham workshop?
2: I've never done one.
0: You've never done one? It's the first no. time. Oh, okay. I had my first experience a year and a half ago. I was just telling Astrid about uh, about that just before we got on the air. And uh, it was quite the experience. I mean, it's very similar. It's what it's what you would expect. It's very similar to what you see on a YouTube. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it's fun to be there. It's fun to be in the place. You know what really surprised me, though, the most? I, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised because people who go to workshops – are often people who are really looking for help trying to understand how all this stuff works and mm-hmm. so forth mm-hmm. but it kind of surprised me. I expected to have a whole room full of people who were all psyched about law of attraction and all that kind of thing. <laughs> and so I figured, oh, everybody would feel like we're all part of the same community, so we want to talk to each other about it. Absolutely not. Nobody wanted to talk to anybody. <laughs> it was the strangest <laughs> thing.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. That's really surprising.
0: It surprised me, too. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was like I, I, I tried to engage a few people in conversation, got one-word answers. A few people turned away, like, Okay, did I say the wrong thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a bit of an eye opener, but it was still interesting. It was interesting to uh, see Esther at the front of the of the room, very large capacity room. There were probably six or seven hundred people in that room, mm. and uh, it was it was quite the experience. So you'll have to tell us about it when you go. When is it next? Uh, next spring is it? It's in May the third, I think, the third and fourth, so uh-huh. Sunday. Yeah. Ah, May the fourth. That's that's an important date in my.
2: In my lifetime, that's my birthday. So All right, my birthday. Oh, try to remember that. I'll tell Abraham that uh, when I get on stage that, it's, that I do a podcast with Walt, and it's his birthday today. Hey, well, that's fabulous. I'd like that. <laughs> well, now you know Thank what you they
1: your say. Personal message. Yeah, that's
2: right.
0: That's right. And, and you know what they say? How uh, the, that Abraham always tries to to bring up on stage people who have the least amount of resistance. So I have to ask you in advance, are you planning to try to ask
2: questions and get up on stage? No, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, you are? Okay. No, yeah. If I'm chosen, I'm chosen. If I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to be sad either or happy either way. Well, I won't mm-hmm. be happy. I think I'll enjoy having a chat with um, Abram. Yeah, I think you probably would have a great time
0: with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, in my case, it was really interesting, though, because I, I went there with a couple of questions, and as Esther is doing her introductory thing and then turning it over to Abraham and Abraham is doing their introductory thing, in their commentary, I felt like my questions were answered. So I, I, didn't, know, I didn't have any reason to get up on stage anymore. So I just kind of <laughs> gave
2: up on it. <laughs> so, I think, um, well, Abraham says that happens. And, um, you know, studying a lot of the gurus in the world, um, they all say that happens. You come <laughs> to the feet of the master. And, then, uh, and if you don't, you know what the master says. What's that? He says, would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> and then and then he starts pouring the tea and he and he and he makes sure it overflows uh-huh and and uh y- you ask the guru, what the heck are you doing?" He says, "Well, you're like the cup, you're so full there's no space for me to give you any information <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it That's or great. he says something like questions, 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 no questions, no problem <laughs>
0: You've definitely had a lot of experience with, with uh, gurus. I mean, you just have the stories just pouring out to you like that. I've got more than a few. <laughs> so, well, let's see. Um, like I was saying to Astrid before, I really don't have a topic in mind for today, but I'm sure we can kind of come up with one. Um, first thing that comes to my mind is that there has been uh, a lot of uh, uh, topic, a lot of conversation here in this part of the world anyway, uh, about uh, current events that are going on. And I had a conversation with somebody about, you know, how it's not really a good idea to pay attention to a lot of those current events because all they really do is just bring you back down again. And, And this person agreed with me. But we were both commenting on the fascination that we have with, you know, how many people are just addicted to them, just totally Know, they, they can't take their eyes off of uh, – it's it's like the people who uh, who go to the, the car races. They want to go to the car races because they want to see cars crash. It's the same kind of feeling. They, 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 they want to see the drama. They want to see the craziness happen. And uh, so, I don't know, it's a starting point for a conversation. I can't think of a better one at the moment. But uh, what do you think? Is that your experience? Is that
2: what people do? <laughs> Astrid, what do you think?
1: Well I know from my experience that yeah it's uh it's it's something we all do and uh and when you understand why you do it and how you how you amplify whatever you look at then um then you stop doing it mm-hmm and then sometimes you get dragged in still. You, you still do it. But you, you guys you ha- guys have an event going on over there. We've got our event going on over here. You so. certainly
0: <laughs> do, yes. There's a lot going on right now in this world.
1: Yeah.
2: And you know what? Yeah. I don't know what either of you are talking about. <laughs> that, that's because you stay far away from it, which is a very smart thing to do. <laughs> it's, 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 another,
0: another interesting thing, and this came out of a conversation with my wife uh, over lunch today, um, she made a comment, kind of an offhand comment. Um, she had reheated, we had some uh, uh, roast chicken and uh, she had reheated it and made some gravy up and so forth. So we were having this warm chicken dinner thing and it was delicious. It was really, really good. And lately the food has been tasting really, really good. And she turned to me and she says, Has my cooking improved or has something else changed? Why is it the food is always tasting really, really good? And I thought about it a moment. I said, Well, we're both in a better place vibrationally. I wonder if it, if it's partly, the, you know, we're just in a better place and partly because we're in a better place, you're just able to prepare the food better. I mean, I don't know, but it, I would think it's got to be something like that going on. Do you guys experience anything like that?
2: Well, when, when you cook with love, um, that is the secret ingredient, isn't it? It is, yes. And if you look from love, from the Abram Hicks perspective, it's alignment and you say you're in a better place. So on average, your alignment is closer to the alignment um so what is happening is when you the timing when you purchase the carrot the chicken etc and the one you pick up you know everything kind of works in place that you get a higher vibration thing because you're in a higher vibration you're going to attract a similar vibration. so you'll pick up that tomato that is perfect and that carrot that's perfect <laughs> and the chicken that's perfect and so it goes on and on and on um to even when you're preparing it, you're preparing it with the right energy, etc. So yes, I mean I've noticed that as well. You have okay. Definitely there's when you're there's in an interesting alignment. there's an
1: interesting story that uh, that someone uh, some a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, uh, told me that she went on uh, she went on a retreat, and um, you know these were people who were doing some some serious work. And, serious uh, sounds terrible. What I mean by that, Lou, is deep work.
2: Deep work. That deep sounds worse. Need. Happy and joyful work. Okay. This is a
0: tough crowd here, Ashley. You have to understand that.
1: It's a very a tough, tough crowd, crowd, isn't it? Boy, oh boy. And uh anyway, will you let me get on with my story? No. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And, uh, and basically, uh, the attend, you know, people w- who were attending this retreat, they were, they were getting sick after they, after they had their meals because mm. they had someone catering and they were, you know, it was all catered for. And, um, after a couple of days, they found, uh, they found out that the, uh, the people who were cooking in the kitchen were having fights in the kitchen. Oh, lovely. So. It was that energy that was getting into the food, you know, and, mm. uh, it's exactly what Louis is saying that, uh, you cook with love and that is transmitted into the food you cook with something else. And that's also transmitted into the food. So if you're sensitive to that, if you you know, if your vibration doesn't meet, doesn't meet the vibration of the food, then it's going to, it might have, uh, sort of uh, consequences.
2: <laughs> but the interesting thing is it was a spiritual retreat. So this is the kind of thing that I look at. People who go to spiritual retreats want to go from a lower vibration to a higher vibration. And anybody would attract the vibration that they're at. So that group must have attracted those specific people at that specific time with their own energy.
1: Mm. Mm. Well, they changed the cooks, and then everything was all as well.
2: <laughs> well, so, that doesn't always happen, does it? <laughs> when you change um, no. places and location with the same vibration, then you know things still re manifest in a different way, maybe with different people, but same same thing. So, they they must have changed their vibration during that period as well to be able to change the cooks, um, etc. So, yeah, it was interesting. I, I love it when they got stories like that because I like picking through them and seeing how. <laughs> how it fits into the law of attraction and how it actually all works together.
0: Mm. Well that ties in But I see that off. also. Oh go ahead.
1: Mm. No go no ahead. I was going yeah. to say that uh I see that I see that uh, with my clients you know they come in in a certain state and uh they say uh, oh and this happened to me and it's all it's all in line with the vibration that they they are that they are um showing and manifesting so whatever whatever happens to them, as it were, is reflected uh, as what is happening in their vibration. They don't really understand that, but I can see that when they come in and see me. So then they leave, and I put them all back together and ground them and sort of, you know, <laughs> center them. Uh, and then they go off, and hopefully they'll be in a different vibration. Um, but uh,
0: That's the goal. Yeah. I think That's what we're talking about here, we're, we're pointing to the fact that we can either maintain control or we can give up our control. And it, it's a poignant point <laughs> because uh, of, of a number of things, not the least of which is we have actually uh, a question from our live stream audience that touches on this very question. It's from somebody named Lava Guy who's been uh, on our show before uh, or on our live stream before and brought up very interesting questions. And this time Lava Guy is saying – The question is, is our life fated? I know we have control over it, but is it fated?
2: What do you think? It it is fated to the degree that um, your previous thoughts have created it. So elaborate on that. Sorry? Elaborate on that? Well, if you believe you create your own reality, your own reality has always been created through your thoughts. Now, it's your thoughts that are previous to the ones where you are now accumulated up to where you where where you are now at this moment in time so because your thoughts create your reality that means you have created your own fate by your previous thinking so but in other words your previous
1: thinking can change
2: but your current thinking can change so where, where you are now in the present moment can think of something that you like more and the universal law of attraction will respond appropriately. And you could think of something that you don't like very much and you can take uh, a traumatic event in the past and when you think about it again, you're taking it and bringing it into the present where the law of attraction then amplifies it. It's a, it's a very, very interesting thing to start understanding the whole dynamic of the law of attraction and past, present and future because you if you think of it your past are just thoughts and thoughts are vibrations so they're sitting in the past they're good or bad and you could completely ignore them to a large degree and just focus on what you want and just move forward or you can take your past which is a maybe something bad and you can drag that past vibration put it into the present and then you am then the law of attraction amplifies it Okay, Or you could take a good vibration in the past, put it in the present, and you can milk that. So you have the option. Somebody said um, at a seminar once, never forgot it. I think Anthony mentioned it to me as well. He said, because he was in the same seminar as me, he said, the guy said, you can always choose your next thought.
0: Which is one we often forget. Yeah. I mean, so often we assume that, you know, if something has happened to us, it happened because somebody else did something or somebody else said something or somebody else influenced us in some way, and we don't have any control over, over what our response is, what our reaction is, what, what happened to us. I mean, it happened to us. Okay, maybe we do have some re- some control over the response that we give, but it happened to us.
2: We had no control over that. And that's what a lot of people mean by fate. So... When somebody says fate and they believe what you've just said, then they are not taking responsibility for their past thoughts. So when, when somebody's saying fate, they're generally trying to say, somebody else has got control of my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where when we come to understand the law of attraction, we understand that that's not true. The only thing that's ever come into our life is what we have a, have previously thought about, which is starting to manifest.
1: But Good, fate bad, can also Fate can also be understood as something larger than us, that um, is kind of predestined, rather than you know something. If something's predestined,
2: who predestines it?
1: Well, exactly, that's the question. (laughs) So if we
2: if we predestine it, so are are you saying that your higher self? Are you saying that your higher self um, has a design for this lifetime and maybe maybe puts some vibrational tools in place so that they come and manifest in your life, then is that something outside yourself or is it you doing it to you?
1: Well, that's the questions, Mm. the the question.
2: So I it sounds
1: good. It sounds good.
2: I I believe that it's us creating, um, Mm. scenarios and choosing the parents vibrationally so that we can have experiences that'll guide us in a certain direction. But we choose that. We choose that. As far as I understand and this this is a theory. I don't think um, this is something I would ask Abram Hicks. My theory is that you can't choose parents vibrationally if you're not in harmony with them. So there will be a vibrational synchronization or agreement at birth or pre-birth or... The soul, you know, your parents' mother's soul, contract, yes. your father's soul, and your soul will be will, will have a certain similar vibration which will allow you to join that family. That, that is a theory of mine, which is something that I kind of think, I think that's maybe how it works. So that, that is a theory, um, and I don't know, but it's really, it really seems to make a lot of sense to me if you understand the law of attraction. That kind of all fits in. So the, the thing I wanted to point out about past Present and future is where's the only place you can think about the past?
0: <laughs> you can't do it in the past, that's for sure. No, <laughs> you really can't do it in the future. Well, so the in, only in place sense you can, but 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 at the moment that you're thinking that you're not doing it in the future anyway, so
2: so the only place you can think about the past is the present, that's it. And what you're doing is you're not. You're going into the past and you're bringing a past vibration into the present. So the, where's the only place you can think of the future? Pretty much the same place. Same place you can, mm-hmm. in, the, in the moment. So you think of the future and you activate a vibration which can possibly come into the present. Well, if you mm-hmm. focus on it for more than 14 seconds, the universal law of attraction will expand it and bring it in the present. So you start understanding that the present, the present moment is everything. Nothing else exists we kind of create this illusion that there's a past, present, and future, but the only thing that really exists is the now, and we've there's been near books on that, billions of them. <laughs> um, the power of now by, now by Echo, Toll, etc. they're all talking about the power of now, because mm. that is where your power is, because you can't experience the past except in the present. You can't experience the future except in the present. So you're sitting in that place in the middle where your consciousness is, where your awareness is, where your power is, where everything is. Um, And it starts making sense when you break it down like that and you start realizing the whole time span. There was this fantastic, um, what was it called, Uh, a uh, a method of of healing. So what you do is you've got this huge trauma in your past. What you do is you raise yourself up in a timeline, take yourself away way before um, that happened in your life. And you just feel what it was like then. And it really is powerful because it had the incredible effect for me that it completely erased the emotional state of that problem. So let's say you've got a problem with your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or whatever, and you go back to before you even knew them. Um, It's called timeline therapy, if I'm not mistaken. And I found it incredibly powerful in removing the activeness of the vibration of the problem. So what's the process? So you imagine that you go above your timeline to where you are now, 2019, okay? and let's say I have a problem with my wife, and I've only known her for 15 years, so I go back before I even knew her to my previous girlfriend or whatever, and I think about that part of my life, that time in my life, and it kind of erases the whole problem that you have with whoever it is. Hmm. Um, and I've, truly, I was surprised, the first time I tried it, it was like, my gosh, it has completely erased that. I can't even remember what it was that I used, you know, what problem I had at the time. But I was I was extremely impressed about the the simplicity of the concept. And when you understand the law of attraction, you understand why it works as well because you're not activating a vibration and you're almost erasing it because you're only thinking, you know, from birth to that time. And I didn't even know them, and I'm just thinking about that.
1: So what, um, you just, you just skipped over the whole – You skip over the whole thing. Yeah.
2: You just go and start visualizing yourself living in that time where that person, situation or problem didn't exist.
0: There's a similarity there Mm. too, between that method and methods that other people, the coaches, therapists and so forth have used that essentially embraces whatever happened in the past long enough for it to dissipate. And, (laughs) <laughs> essentially you don't even have to do much with it you just kind of acknowledge it say that it's there look at it for a moment and as you do it just kind of starts to fall apart and i've I've experienced that it actually really does uh yours is an interesting variation because you actually go back before the event to something else before that and it also goes away so apparently it's it's the act of just going back 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 that just kind of erases it
2: well, why I'm confused about why yours worked, Walt, was because when you focus your mind on something, the law of attraction will amplify it. Yeah. And why I understand why the timeline therapy works is because you're going to a place where that thought didn't exist anymore or before. So, well, you even, know, in
0: order, to, in order to find that place where the thought didn't exist before, you have to know where the thought you're trying to skip over started and ended which means you gave you you gave some attention to it and that's the point you didn't give it a lot of of attention right but you gave it some
2: right that's
0: what the embracement theory is the embracement theory is you don't spend a lot of time on it you just give it enough attention that it says okay i've gotten my attention and you move on
2: so that is absolutely perfect that's exactly how the design is so when you know what you don't want there is a period of time when you know what you don't want
0: Mm -hmm. that's
2: not a problem Right. That is exactly the design of how it helps you have a better idea of what you do want. But if the therapy does not clearly state, guys, this is a temporary thing, which is when you're knowing what you don't want, yes. going to what you do want, you're spending more time on that, then I have a bit of a problem with the whole concept because well, yeah. then they've kind of left you just with go to the problem and look at it. Because so, now, you're, now you're in
0: embracing and never let go mode. <laughs> the idea yes, of an embrace is you're supposed to let go at some point,
1: and what does that say for all these uh therapists, psychotherapists psychiatrists who you it know says they only' know half the answer
0: they haven't figured out the other half yet
1: yeah, but you've got you've got millions of people who go and see uh you know uh these therapists and and they're they're regurgitating everything and going over everything again and again and again and again, so what's well, like percent.
0: Sean Aker, uh, the uh, Harvard positive psychology guy, who pointed out that when you go to a therapist, they don't want you to leave with one illness. They want you to leave with ten, so you're a permanent customer.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. But by therapist, I mean psychotherapist or – well, I'm not going to – yeah.
2: So so it's, it's, it's easy to lambast that profession, um, and no,
1: I'm not. I'm not doing that.
2: No, I know. But I'm what, I, what I'm trying to point at it's, it's easy for me to do as well. You know, I can see the flaw in the philosophy because um, it's the same with a personal trainer. This personal trainer was bragging that he had forty clients, and I said to him, "That's great, but why have you still got them?" <laughs> I bet you he didn't have a really short answer to that one. Probably long <laughs> a long answer. Haven't you winter. trained them enough to have enough self-discipline to go out and do it themselves? <laughs> Why do they still need you? <laughs> you know, are you not very good at your job? <laughs> yeah. He hasn't learned how to overfill the teacup. Uh, the, tea the problem, but this is the whole thing. It's the same thing with psychotherapists. We we're in this, um, we're in this consciousness of. Um, what do they call it, um, lack of money consciousness? There's a word for it. Poverty Loverty consciousness. Notes. Poverty okay. consciousness. So there's this whole poverty consciousness. Now, if the client doesn't come back to me, I might have to spend advertising money to find another one, etc. and so it goes on. <laughs> and this whole advertising thing and spending money to make money and all the rest of it, you see, there, there's a poverty consciousness there. There's not enough clients and there's not enough this, there's not enough that. You know, I I meet guys in the sauna, I tell them all about the law of attraction. Some guys even stay around for two hours. And I say to the guys, I'll probably never see you again in my life. I've given you everything you need to completely change your whole life and, and work in a different way and go out and do it. And it's great. I don't need to see you again, you know. And, you know, there's some people who need other people to lean on, and there are a lot of people who like being leaned on. Oh, yeah. And there's people like me who, you know, you can come in, off you go. And I'll, I'll be as happy as – I'll be happier than anything. So everybody works differently and every, every the different people need different people. So there's nothing wrong with any of it. Um, it's just different people do th- different things differently. And I like just getting out there, giving them the stuff. And and if, if they need to come back, like um, <clears throat> a good friend of mine came back and we had a lovely two-hour conversation on the phone. And they came back to their own free will. They spent two hours on the phone with me, and then they, you know, they shifted and moved in, in, in another direction and started seeing more clarity. But, you know, it, it was all a natural process. I didn't have them paying me and having to come and, you know, having all these things organized and all the rest of it. So how do I make money out of it? I think Joel's got a point. You know, he, says, <laughs> he said to me, um, you know, uh, I do this and I make money out of it. You, you sit in the ta- sauna and talk to everybody and don't make any money out of it. But, you know, do I. <laughs> Joel does know how to get right to the pith.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> But he does have beautiful skin, Walt. <laughs> Louis has beautiful skin. <laughs> it's a sauna. It sauna. <laughs> <laughs> there oh, are benefits. <laughs> well, Jeffrey <They> also brought.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you have no, another No, no, piece? no. It's fine. Jeffrey Carry on. Jeffrey yeah. also had another uh, question from the live stream as a follow up. He says. Our choices have control over our lives, but where do our preferences come from?
2: So when you know what you don't want, you start having a preference of what you do want. It's really not more complicated than that. You can wing it any way you want, but your preferences, somebody said, you know, I don't know what I want. I said, but you do. And I said, what do you mean? I said, how many things have you experienced that you don't want? They said thousands. So then I said to them, well, then you've got thousands of ideas of how you can have it better. So what I'm trying to point out is we're always, always from birth saying, Ooh, it's cold as a baby coming out of a womb. Oh, it's a nice warm blanket. Oh, I know what I didn't want and I know what I do want. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry. Oh, this tastes really nice. Okay, so, you, so, so this process starts before birth and never stops. And there's thousands and thousands of things that go on and you have a good idea what you do want you might sit there and say i don't but it's not really true you have a huge bank of what you do on sitting there and it will reflect in your life you can just have me sit next to you for a while and i'll start telling you what you like what you don't like i'll start <laughs> so, having a conversation with you i'll know what you like and what you don't like very quickly
0: so the short answer is it it comes from the contrast that's what it comes from the contrast about. is your teacher yeah yeah. And, and actually, contrast is also your student. That's the contrast is, is where you're basically bringing in. I like this. I don't like this. I like this. I don't like this. I like this. I don't like this. I like this. I like, I like this. that. I've
2: never thought of the contrast as a student and the teacher, but it makes complete sense. Well done. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's, a, it's a symbiotic relationship. It really. is. It is. Yeah. So, who's the master and who's the student? I'm both. <laughs> yes. What did We're Richard Bach all, say about that? Both. <laughs> was he, what did he say? teach best Bach? what you most need to learn. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It, 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 well, he also uh, described what a teacher was, what a student was, and I forget what the third category was. You, you, uh, you teach best what you most le- need to learn. What's the stu- There's a student part to it. I can't remember what it is. We just did the book two months ago. How can I? I know. And when the student
1: is ready, the teacher appears.
0: Well, that's yeah. That's not. I don't think locked, he says that's the other one. No. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh no! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did read the book, but not recently.
0: I know teaching is demo. Te- teaching is telling others that you know it. Doing is demonstrating that you know it. There's a third one in there. I think it yes,
2: was. Yes, I remember that now. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. It'll come to us. That's all right. Mm. (laughs) Um, Now, more follow-ups. Jeffrey says, during deep and serious retreats that I attend, timeline therapy happens, and the work is never done. So that's kind of a a sort of a sideline to what we were talking about regarding therapy and therapists and whether or not they actually make clear when you're embracing this stuff from the past, you're supposed to let go of it.
2: (laughs) So you remember what Abram says, you never get it done and you never get it wrong. And you never get it wrong because you can never get it done.
0: That's
2: true. So wanting to get it done is trying to get to the idea that everything's finished. And that'll never happen because if you want to know if your mission on earth is complete, if you're alive, it isn't. So we're quoting Richard Bach again there, but um, it's a very apt statement and don't try to complete it. Try and enjoy the journey of the endless completions.
1: Enjoy the unfolding.
2: Mm. Mm. By the way,
0: I remembered what the full Bach quote was. It's learning is remembering what you already know, teaching is reminding others that they know it, doing yes, well. is demonstrating that you know it, and we are mm. all learners, doers, and teachers.
2: That's it. It's perfect. Um, yep. Yeah, mm. said so eloquently. He is just so good at that. Mm.
0: Uh, another follow-up from Jeffrey, he says, so my choices and preferences were made before I was born. Isn't that fate?
2: So, oh,
1: oh, oh, that's a good
2: one. <laughs> so, so who makes those choices and preferences? So, <laughs> so Abram would say you're non-physical before you come into the physical universe, and the non-physical decides to take on a vibration-interpreting machine so that it can help play with the contrast to expand source, to expand the whole So if you want to say who chooses before you come into the physical, your higher self does. And your higher self is with you right now. It is never going to be separated from you. So if you want to blame anybody, blame yourself.
0: And I don't recommend blaming yourself either. I find that (laughs) really, really counterproductive.
2: (laughs) Not necessarily. And if you get to the point of understanding that blaming yourself means that you have the control and power to change everything, then I think it's a very good understanding.
0: Yeah. As long as you are able to let go of the blaming, but at that point, yeah. you just demonstrate you don't need to blame in the first
2: place. Yeah. So that's you why need I say blame, don't, don't even but go need, there. <laughs> you need the awareness that this is how it is. And you know, there is nobody else to appreciate your current experiences other than yourself. Even though sometimes those experiences are things we would rather appreciate a little less. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. That's why we know what we don't want and we choose better right. be, better, better, thinking next time. <laughs> That's true. I have another thought along the lines of, of who's
0: in control because that was at the root of a lot of what we talked about here. Who came up with the original decision? Who came up with the, the original desire? Who came up with the original thought? Um, so many... So much of the time when we're trying to say someone else is determining our fate, to use the word of the day, we are essentially saying the original thought came from that person. And my question is, how do you know that? Not you personally, but I mean, how hmm. does the one who say it says that, how do they know that that's where the original thought came from? What's their, what's their basis for that? Because I can't imagine a scenario where that happens.
2: So Abram was asked the question about source. Now, to me, Abram Hicks' teachings has answered every physical question. The only questions that I really have are more based on what is the non-physical? What is the bigger part of Louis really about and how does it work? You know, um, what, is, what is that all about? And I think they, they, somebody asked Abram, you know, you know, tell us more about source and all the... No, tell, tell us where the beginning of everything comes from. And they were saying we can't because it's so far back in the vibrational synchronization of everything that there is, there, there is no ways of knowing where that is. And mm-hmm. I really loved that answer because it kind of gave me a lot of clarity is that there is only one mystery left in my life and that is what is source. And I don't know if I'll ever get a full answer to that one, ever. Mm.
1: Well, you will. You will when you pop your clogs or uh, croak.
2: But this is the thing that I'm unsure about, is Abram is a collection of 200 non-physical entities. Um, 200? Yeah. 200? I, I didn't know there Where was did a you get that
1: specific number?
2: I got it from Abram. Huh?
1: Oh, right. They answered that, did they?
2: Well, they said approximately, so I imagine they come and go depending on their mood or something. I don't know. I <laughs> yes. And how two hundred? visual of, of
0: like two hundred non-physical beings lined up in a row waiting for the microphone.
1: Gosh, can you imagine that all mm. going through uh, Esther? She's she she does really well getting all that.
2: Well, not really, because I'm sure that they have all synchronized it, and all they're yeah, using yeah. Esther for is to translate yeah. the vibrational thought, the... thought thought forms into in, into American English. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. No, that no, was they're pretty using good. her voice. <laughs>
1: they're using the voice. Yeah. yeah. So we wouldn't explain you in to the West the... on that one. That I
2: wasn't, I wasn't that. <laughs> um. But when you understand the process of what they're doing with Esther, it really makes a heck of a lot of sense. You know, they've made it really simple for you to understand what is happening. They're sending blocks of thought to Esther, who's translating them into the language of the time, place of the you know of, of where she, Esther is at the moment, which is which is very very interesting because you're really quite keenly aware of the difference between Esther and Abraham. When you start getting to follow them for a while, um, it's a very distinct difference. um... But it's also
1: very interesting to see how or to hear how she's changed in terms of how she transmits the message. Because Absolutely. when she first started, mm. she sounded so different. Mm, mm, she mm. sounded so different. And but now I also know that the like...
2: recording the recording equipment was quite terrible in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> they no, really have improved that as well. But, you know, that's I that's just another it... thing on the side that I picked
0: up quite
1: too. Yeah. yeah, okay.
0: But you're right. It was almost forced in the early uh, recordings. Now she's much more relaxed, I think. Mm.
1: But it's nearly as if she's—it's coming so fast that she nearly trips over her words. It's—it's mm. uh, it's just coming so fast, and she's so clear about about being able to to translate. It's—it happens in a flash, you know.
0: Well, plus now Jerry's really, on the other side, so he's probably acting as a traffic cop. I mean, that's one of the absolutely. things that he used to do. <laughs> I bet
1: he is. I bet he is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> in fact, uh, the workshop that I went to was about. I don't know a year, year and a half after Jerry had passed, and she made reference to him. She 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 said something as part of her stream of, of commentary and interrupted herself and said, uh, "That was Jerry, by the way."
1: Oh, All <laughs> right, he's he's uh, it's two hundred plus one then. Two hundred plus Jerry. One, yes.
0: <laughs> See, when you're Jerry, you get a special Coming place through. in the line, right?
1: Well, yeah, I would imagine.
0: <laughs> but it's a funny thing that, that how we can be. In this place, listening to somebody like an Esther Hicks or any of the other uh, teachers and we start to talk about it in the way we're talking about here and it becomes so clear and then we get away and we go out into the real world and then all of a sudden we get tripped up on the very things we talk about here. Why is that?
2: Well, it's very easy to answer that one. We have past beliefs and beliefs are just thought you thought often that are of a certain vibration and they affect how you're going to behave. Now, unless the new vibration of the Abram Hicks teachings has taken complete root in you and it's a strong vibration, then the momentum of that can move forward. But often the momentum of your old thinking comes into your present and, and uh, you, you, you go back, you know, you go back to old habits.
0: Jeffrey posted a uh, rather Uh, lengthy comment. He says, our inner being is always connected to source. We are guided by our inner being, by our choices. So source has a purpose for us, fate in parentheses. It is up to us to find that purpose and follow it with joy. What do you think of that?
2: Well, there's a lot of people who say you need to find your purpose in life. And then I read Conversations with God, and he said, no, 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 that's God. God says, yes. <laughs> God says uh, you don't um, find your purpose, you make your purpose.
0: I like the way he said it in uh, the book, or rather in the movie, actually both, uh, The Secret. In his one major appearance in, in that uh, presentation, he he's on screen and he says, there's no blackboard in the sky that says... And then mm. you see a blackboard appear and you see their handwriting appear and it says Neil Donald Walsh, a handsome guy who and then there's an underline and that's where you're supposed to figure out and learn what it is that your purpose in life is. But there's no blackboard in the sky, so your purpose in life is whatever you say it is. Exactly. You make your reality.
2: Yeah.
1: Well you create it as you go along. You, you create, create it through, it through in your every thoughts. Moment. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Which really yes. explains the way I felt for the longest time, because I always felt I was making it up as I went along, and it turned out it was true. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and what about you were faking it until other... <laughs> you made it,
2: and then you then you realize that you already made it. <laughs> yes.
1: And what about the um, the other thought that Neil talks about that uh, uh, it's all about remembering who you are.
0: Mm. Because
1: so because you create a, your reality in every moment, but it's also about remembering who you are. So how does that differ?
2: So remembering who you are, now you're taking a vibration interpreting machine with a mind, and now you're asking that mind to try to comprehend who source part of you is. The source part is with you all the time, so Mm -hmm. you don't really have to remember that. What? You need, what is desirable is for you to find more alignment because in your alignment, the greater clarity of source will come to you. So you, you, you're not necessarily trying to remember who source is. You're now trying to get into a happier place more often, which is something mankind can grasp rather than I've got to divine this un, untouchable, unseeable source energy in me that I've got to get to know better. So, you know, I love it when Jerry died because Abram was saying to Esther, you know, if you really want to chat to Jerry, you better start getting happy because <laughs> <laughs> he can't see through all that stuff and he can't get to you. So when you get happy, you'll have mm. some good conversations with him and this is exactly what happened to the you know, she she talks to him all the time now, but she she's not doing it because she's sad that he died and you know he's not around anymore. Because he is more around now than he almost was then. So mm, you know, mm. you kind it kind of it's a completely different energy. And um, you know, again, that non physical part of me is where a lot of my questions lie. That's that, that is that's that is the, a fascinating thing in- to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, the int- the I come back to sort of. The, the sentence that just made so much sense to me and gave me this huge aha moment that was, you know, when I'm in vibrational alignment with my inner being, then that, that for me is it. That's where you come into, um, you, you, you're basically in tune with that higher part of you. Mm-hmm. So then everything in life has a different perspective you have a different perspective on everything and everything you do everything you think is going to be different uh from that perspective from that place you're going to be happier
2: i completely agree and the word alignment really needs to be talked about again and again and again and again because... yeah let's talk
1: about it let's talk about <laughs> it because i think i think that's uh you know what does that mean? What does, what does that mean to be in, a, in alignment with your inner being? Uh, so
2: in, in alignment is all about... I know what
1: it feels like, but, you know, explain <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> so the, it all goes back to when you know what you don't want, you have a better idea what you do want. But what you do want is kept mm. in a vortex sitting there. And when then these two statements are very important as well. So the one statement is if you want something and you get it, it makes humans the happiest they've ever been. If you want something and don't get it, it makes them one of the most unhappy that they've ever been. So alignment is based around you getting what you want.
1: Sounds very mental, though, the way you're explaining it. And for me, it's not such a mental exercise. It's more of a feeling exercise. I suppose this is also maybe... Uh, the male-female brain coming into play. Well, I don't know, because sometimes
0: when I'm working on this stuff, I'm feeling like I'm
2: mental, so it actually fits. (laughs) Um, So, so so, Astrid, I I don't disagree with you at all. So the first thing we need to understand about emotions is your thoughts create your emotions. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, okay.
2: Okay. So I'm never separating them. Um, I might be talking from the mental perspective, but I'm, I'm fully aware that there is... An aerial sticking out of my head. Um, <laughs> uh, that there How is. He yes. <laughs> I'm from Mars.
1: <laughs> that wouldn't surprise
2: me, do it. <laughs> and you're from that Venus, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> <laughs> <think. laughs> where Mars. are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Yeah, Let's John get the book. From, yes. <laughs> Okay, so oh,
1: yes,
2: well. um, so so there's a cycle. So your thoughts c- cause your emotions, your emotions cause your thoughts. And so what I'm feeling from you is a feeling I got from somebody else. They said to me, Louis, getting what you want doesn't sound very spiritual. <laughs> so I said to them, that's fascinating. I've never been asked that question before. So let me ask you this. Do you want more love in your life? Do you want more connection with God in your life? Because I needed to use those words with this person. Um And they said, yes, yes. So you want those? Are they satisfying your spiritual need? So I've got a job and I need to drive to a certain location. If I don't have a car, then I can't have the job. Don't I want the car? Is that spiritual or not spiritual? (laughs) You know, where do you want to go with all this? So it's really interesting because you start understanding that everything is spiritual. Mm. All right. There is no such thing as non-spiritual. A lot of money is not not spiritual and it's not spiritual. It just is what maybe you wanted. That's why you've got it. Mm. Um, and you start having a completely different view, all that idea that those who've got don't give to those who don't and all that rubbish gets swept away under the carpet and you start seeing that person wanted it. The law of attraction used its power to manifest it and that's all there is to it you manifested that you don't have enough money and you don't have it and that's all there is the universal law of attraction (laughs) helps you there is no right or wrong with either of them it is just the law of attraction reacting to your thoughts and manifesting what you believe so you start having all of that wiped out of the carpet and you start saying what do i want and how can i get it and let's go and do it
0: It's an interesting uh, paradox that people who pose that question or pose that challenge in this case, you're challenged that you aren't particularly spiritual. People who do that, in my experience, 99 times out of 100, probably 100 times out of 100, what they really mean is you're not properly engaging the moral side of this, as if morality had something to do with spirit. That's at the root of most religions. I would say probably at the root of all religions. I can't think of a religion that doesn't have that, to be honest. Um, it's at the root of a lot of uh, spiritual practices. That m- spirituality and morality are inextricably entwined together. Well, spirituality
1: so found- is also a loaded word in many cases, mm. as you're as you're describing. So, yeah. so no, I mean. Mm.
2: So I love this discussion, guys. So let's talk about morality.
1: Okay. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs>
2: Now, why would you need somebody to give you a bunch of morals when you have the perfect guidance system within you?
0: Well, that actually touches on a very important religious issue for many um, religions because the, the most, not most, some religions don't want you to look, go within. They don't want you to have that connection. They don't want you. No, to because ask, you have or, too, too much power.
1: Yeah. They want. You well, to you have can, power. can you
2: have a religion if? You don't need to listen to them because
0: you have (laughs) your own guidance.
2: (laughs) Is that a religion? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Now, why do no religions teach you that your emotions are your guidance system? Duh, they just remove themselves from the religious power and group, and it all fades away into nothing. You can't teach them that. You have to teach them that I have the answers for you. I will tell you what's right and wrong for you. And Mm. then then what happens is you become confused because you now say, I can't have sex before marriage, but I had sex before marriage and was so blissfully divine that it can't be wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then you're confused, yeah.
2: So you sit there with feeling that it's a very, very, very spiritual and beautiful thing, and you've been told that you're now going to hell. What do you believe? You're confused. You, you sit there and you get torn apart and then you start hating your religion or hating the priest or hating something. And you start finding your own way and you start realizing that you need to trust your own emotional guidance system. If it feels good, it really is. It's helping you become more aligned. So morality point. is more of a control thing than anything. Oh, yes. No doubt about that. Now... If I make my own morals for myself, then I've got no problem with the word. Sure, because then it's yeah, self-directed. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. <clears throat>
0: mm. Yeah. It, it, the, it's, I like the way that Abraham says it. If, if morality is about somebody else determining what it is, they, they, this is my translation of what they're saying, mm-hmm. by the way. They don't actually say it in this, in this manner. Um, but if morality is about taking what somebody else says and living by it, because that's the only way that they can be happy is if you live by their morality, a couple things have happened. First, you've given away your power. And Mm -hmm. second of all, you basically have acknowledged without daring to say it out loud, that their happiness is dependent upon your actions. Mm -hmm. And when, when I understood that, when, when I read and understood that from Abraham, I said to myself, well, that explains the whole game doesn't it? exactly this is a
2: huge part of it
0: yeah this is all about you have to do a certain thing you have to behave a certain way in order for me to be happy and it's it's when you say it that way when you say it that clearly it's obviously false but Mm. until you say
2: it you don't really get it you Mm. have to say it out loud in order to recognize how many parents need to hear that about their children how many children need to hear that about their By parents? parents, yeah. <laughs> Vice versa, it's true. Yeah, How it's many true. priests need to hear that? How many parishioners <laughs> need to hear that? Huh?
0: You know, I mean, it, it, the list it is goes endless. on <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And, it's, and, and it, here's the other part of it. If you say that to somebody who asked the question, that was the same question that was asked of you, which is, well, it doesn't sound to me like you're very spiritual. How can you say that you're spiritual? The person who's asking that question almost invariably is a person who has bought into the idea that one person's happiness is dependent upon another person's behavior, Mm -hmm. even if they haven't acknowledged that, especially if they haven't acknowledged that. Because until you acknowledge that, it's very easy to just stay in that pattern. Once you acknowledge it, then it just kind of blows the pattern up. But until then, that pattern can just keep going and going and going and going. And that's what that person is reflecting, that person who's raising that objection. Louis, you're not very spiritual. That's what it's about. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Well you're like a you're like a hamster that just goes round and round because you can't see the the truth of it. Yeah. Because you've been fed this lie. And uh,
0: And there's an excellent example. I mean I think
1: fundamentally fundamentally, sorry? There
0: there, there's an excellent example of what Louis was talking about and what I was talking about too. Basically embracing this craziness just long enough to, to really make clear what the craziness is and then boy you want to let go of that craziness really really fast <laughs> you don't want to hang on to that real long once you get it until then you hang on to it pretty hard but once it becomes clear because you embrace it enough to get to know it 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 doesn't take a lot for it to go away it's like mm. you can't get it away fast enough <laughs> at least that's my experience of it i can't speak for everybody of course um, Jeffrey also had another uh, question for us to discuss. we got a few minutes so we can do it. He says, how do we make our purpose if we can't control our preferences?
2: Why does he think he can't control his preferences? Does he not question. realize
0: that he controls them with his thoughts? And I don't think that there is a way to not control your preferences unless – you buy into something like the moral morality thing where somebody else's preferences are the only preferences that really count, but even then you're I still giving away your power I
1: th- well i think I think it's just uh you're observing this has to do with uh, Abraham saying y- you know you're if you observe what is, then you think that when you create a preference that it's not working, maybe possibly mm. so Look beyond. Don't look at what is. Look at what that you preference. Want. Look at what you want, but not, but beyond. Beyond what is. If you observe what is, then you're going to get more of what is, even if you have a preference. So if it's about it's about confidence in the fact that if I know what my preference is and I know what I want, then.
2: Do you, do, you, do you know there's a there's another angle that Abram brought in with this one individual and I loved it. This inju- individual was focusing very much on what is, and Abram was smiling and saying, "You know, I love people like you who focus on what is." And everybody's like scratching their heads. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, if it wasn't for people like you, the gravity wouldn't work anymore, and you, you'd walk That's out right. your door and you'd float up. And you know, so there, there's thousands of things that you were thinking every day that that amplify and and create the solidity of the physical universe which is great you know it's absolutely brilliant and um so you you, you don't need to um, demean what is so much but if you want to know why you're not getting what you want you need to know that you need to start focusing on that and it's on really your preference on on where you mm. want to go what you want yeah that's mm. mm.
0: yeah, true that's really the root of it right there and it it basically brings us right back to ground zero which is our thoughts create our reality.
2: It's a toughie. As, uh, as I was saying the other day. We were in, in this um, group, and this lady kept on talking about what's the root cause. She didn't know what the root cause is. You always got to get to the root cause. I said, "Is there one root cause for everything?" She's like, mm, "I don't know. I don't think so. It's a really deep question." <laughs> uh, just you know, I just wanted to say to you know, you create your own reality, so you are the root cause of every ailment and every thing that's gone right in your life mm-hmm. you are the root cause yeah and it's a toughie
0: that's well, a lot of responsibility i mean basically we have to admit that we're we, we're, we're holding a, a loaded weapon or a loaded magic wand depending on how you want to look at it and you know just waving it can create things and all of a sudden we have this responsibility a lot of people that's a that's a lot of responsibility i love
1: that visual though walt either a loaded weapon or,
0: <laughs> or a, magic a beautiful wand.
1: wall or a magic wand. Depends on you I look at it. I know which one I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> I think we discuss that next time. I okay. think so
2: too. I really think it's great. Yeah. I've got a lot That's to sell now. Really
1: one. nice. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll That's make another a visual. That.
0: We'll make yeah. a good note to do that one next time. By the way, I want to remind people who are not yet subscribers to the podcast, become one. It's very simple. Just go to the homepage of our website, loatoday.net, and you'll see instructions at the top of the page for becoming a subscriber, if you're not one already. And also feel free to join us when we record our podcast. We do it every every day, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. New York time on YouTube. We live stream to YouTube. That's how Jeffrey and... Uh, uh, Lava Guy and others uh, get involved and, and share their questions and so forth. So feel free to tune in there. Just do a search for us on YouTube, LOA Today Podcast Videos will pop right up. Subscribe, hit the little bell so you get notified, and bam, just like that, you'll be able to watch us there as well. But whichever way you do, make sure that you do pay attention by subscribing because that's how all the good stuff comes to your device every single time we publish it. And, guys, that was a good way to end it. Any last thoughts about uh, are we fated that you want to throw in there before we sign off for the day? Louis,
2: what's your last thought on are we fated? Are we fated? Nothing much. Um, I just wanted to say where did that hour go because fate stole it or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, all I can say is... I'm going to go and use my magic wand. There you go.
2: <laughs> to create right. your own fate.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Creating that yes. reality right out of the gate. You, you realize you're going to have so much to talk about next week, Astrid, after a week of wake, of working with your new magic wand? <laughs> it's going to be God, fabulous.
1: exciting. I can't wait. If not,
2: that's something better.
1: <laughs> better than a magic wand? I can't imagine, Louie.
2: Oh, don't limit yourself so much, Astrid.
1: <laughs> you haven't seen my magic wand, Louie.
0: <laughs> and with that thought in mind, we're going to say thank you for tuning in once again for another episode of L.O.A. Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.